Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people pursue and try to succumb to love. I am Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall, and welcome to a very special Valentine's Day episode. This is our Super Bowl, Kyle. Love is in the air. Cupid is flying around. And we're not going to be shitty about it this year. We're going to be in it to win it this year. All I see are hearts. All I see are hearts. I love that. Hey, can I hijack this podcast for a for a short minute here? <laughs> sure. I cede control to you. <laughs> oh, you're going to regret that. I have mm. some, in the spirit of love, I have mm-hmm. some words I'd like to exchange with you. Because I've come to okay. realize that of all the currencies we have, love is the most valuable of all. Love and cash, American dollars. But I offer this. Kyle, you are one of the kindest and most gentle people I have ever met. Your heart is pure, even when you try to sell to the world how jaded you think you are. You are a person of integrity, and I think that that is very, very, very hard to find. And one of the things I love about you is that you always make moments into memories and over this past year you have been a lifeline for me in my own quest to find joy and to find love you've brought purpose into my life kyle i can't deny it and i feel legitimately like i'm my best self when i'm with you and there has never and i mean this honestly there has never been a time where we've been together where i've wished i was somewhere else or with someone else so kyle in the spirit of love i just want to ask you kyle will you marry me absolutely not no what (laughs) that's not what's supposed to happen on the podcast it's very nice i like those those words were very very sweet but uh no, no. There has oh. to be a conversation before you propose, Jen. Yeah, that is true, isn't it? Where did you get that from? Is that Sex in the City? Where, where is that from? I wrote that. <laughs> I oh, wrote you. that. I actually are you, said Are you in it. communications, Jen? <laughs> I wrote that. Where did you plagiarize that from? I wrote that. All right. Well, fine. If you're not going to marry me, then at least you're going to spend this episode talking about that quintessential part of love and something that occurs so much on Valentine's Day which is the art of the proposal. And I have to just say that I find it quite striking that Valentine's Day is so synonymous with getting engaged. I really don't know why, because I find it strikingly unoriginal. Really? I mean, like, who is surprised? Well, I mean, who is surprised, period? Like, at this day and age, like, who's really surprised? Like, when I watch those videos and they're like, oh, oh my God. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Like, nails are done. You went ring shopping with this man. Yeah, you were with him. What are you talking about? But I find on Valentine's Day, there's like, there's a real air of striking unoriginality to it. But, you know, and yet this is the day that most men are like, I think it's been ordained that this is, this is the day. Mm -hmm. I just like to say, if your relationship doesn't work out, you know, you not only tanked that you know memory stream of like talk about eternal sunshine of the spotless mind every valentine's day then you're just re-traumatized right i i could be maybe stepping on toes for uh, later in the episode i also have a bit of an issue with public proposals in the first place Ooh, <laughs> i don't really love the idea of being like i'm gonna get down on one knee in front of everybody and the person that i love at the same time i really feel like that is a very personal thing i always look back this is a few New Year's Eve's ago, like I think it was like going from 2018 into 2019, I was at a friend's house party 
and his brother and girlfriend kind of like went off after everyone said happy new year came back 20 minutes later and like we're engaged and that's what that's what you need to do you don't have to do it in front of everyone else you, you often have that moment by yourself yeah i there are people in the opposite camp though that are like if it if a I tree know, falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it did it really happen right if i didn't film this for tiktok did i even get engaged yeah yeah well i feel like and also the epidemic of of asking people to do things to an audience i think of in high schools they have promposals now which i feel mm-hmm. archaeologists later will study that that's where us as a humankind really started to go wrong that's an aside but I feel like like those are such public display that it's kind of in our mind that unless it's shared, it's not valid. And it is an extension to like, you know, when you used to get married, you'd have big weddings and everyone would be involved. I never understood the dichotomy of private proposal, public wedding. I'll talk about my own experience in that in a minute. But if you're not the public fan, which sounds to me like you're not there, Kyle, can you describe your perfect proposal for me and tell me why that is your perfect proposal? You and I, of course, are always aligned of going to like TV or film for our reference points to this sort of thing. I am that child who, of course, was raised on television from basically the late 80s up until the late 90s. So uh, another friend of mine, Mr. David Yun, does not think that I have seen every sitcom that was released in the 90s. And I'm here to tell you, I saw every sitcom that was released in the (laughs) 90s, even the ones that only had two episodes. I'm like, yes, I remember that show. Anyways, that's a whole side point. But one of the biggest shows of all time was The Simpsons. I was a I was a huge fan. Jan, I want to tell you how big of a nerd I was. A big of a nerd or how big of a fan? I feel like you conflate those things. Well both, but this is this is nerd. This is this is nerd. Okay. One of the first things when the internet became a thing and I was going online is I would write for a website that no longer exists. I wrote episode reviews. For The Simpsons. Really? (laughs) I was one of two people asked by the staff of this website to come and write detailed episode synopses and reviews for The Simpsons. Wow. And that's what I did for TV.com before I think it was bought by Amazon and then shut down (laughs) a month or two later. Regardless, that that is what I did. Really? Wait, how many episodes did you review? Mm, Well, it went. I'm pretty sure I did three seasons worth. So, I mean... I guess like 30, 40-ish episodes is probably what I did in total. Wow. And just like everyone in the media did not get paid. So (laughs) that was my first lesson. Okay. All right. (laughs) Anyways, this goes back to season three. There's an episode called I Married Marge. And it's them telling the story, Homer telling the story of how he met Marge for the first time, fell in love, knocked her up, (laughs) and then proposed to her. There's this lovely sequence in the back of a car where he's like oh i had this card i had this card he's scrounging around and finally she finds the card and reads it to herself out loud and it's a very sweet moment is this it what's it say marge from the first moment i saw you i never wanted to be with anyone else i don't have much to offer you except all my love will you marry me that's the card give it here but i always remember the moment that always stands out to me is that he takes a second job in order for because he knows a baby's on the way he wants a supporter so he takes a second job as his trainee at this burger place and he's like i'm saving up because i want to get you a ring you deserve to have a great ring she's like 
Homer, I don't care. As long as I get to spend my life with you, it doesn't matter. You can give me anything to put on my finger. And so he takes one of the onion rings <laughs> from the burger place and places it on her finger. And that's their wedding ring proposal. I, I always think that's so sweet uh, because it's the love that conquers all. And it's not like, oh, I have to get you the most expensive diamond in order to prove my love to you. It can be coming from anywhere. And that's my hopeless romantic side, I know, seeping out here, which I don't try to let loose very often, but that's that's my favorite proposal. Yes, that's one of the things I love about you, Kyle, is that you want to find great love, but you're like, I don't want to be vulnerable enough to... I can't let my hopeless romantic <laughs> side want, show. Like, well, no. how, how dare I bring in a person into my life that way? I want them to think I hate them for the majority Obviously. of our time yeah. together. Yeah, well, that's so. certainly what you're doing with me. I, I think one of the things that I really love about that story is that it really does reveal for you that it really is the sentiment, not the materialistic piece of it that counts. And so, you know, I have to, I have to interject before I know you're going to ask me about my perfect proposal. I know you will. Kyle and I are struggling today because, <laughs> because we may or may not have gone. Jennifer <laughs> made me drink last night copious amounts of purple flavored gin, and I am <laughs> not doing great. Let's put it that way. We are struggling today we went out last night it was it was a choice it was a choice that someone who's like 21 would make and both of us had to go to work today and i think we did okay <laughs> we did okay we both yeah, showed to up put this in perspective we decided to go out on a thursday night <laughs> no one does this no one goes out like you know what we should do at 9 p.m on a thursday <laughs> is go to this cocktail bar I have to say, and it totally tracks. So we went to Major Tom's, which if you're in Calgary is, uh, you know, 40 floors up. Great views. We were right by the window. Kyle really does it upright when he does it. He's my favorite person to not date. And we were there. And it's amazing how you just kind of get into the experience. I wore a dress that was so tight that I had to leave. Kyle couldn't testify to this. I had to leave my jacket on because I was so terrified I was going to split it as I sat there. And then... You were drinking. I'm drinking Cosmopolitans because I'm living my Carrie Bradshaw sex in the city fantasy, obviously. And then like you kind of look at the menu and you're like, this is an expensive menu. And like four, mar four Cosmopolitans in, you're like, I deserve a $60 steak. I don't care that it comes with no accompaniment. I'm eating this That's steak. you, by the way. That is what you decided to order. I want to be very clear. <laughs> oh, no. Kyle was like, I'm going to eat this cheese toast despite being lactose intolerant. So we're all, Correct. We're all making Correct. I will choices. also say, just for restaurants out there, I am six foot four and I can pack it away. Okay. <laughs> so... They have on this menu, and I love Major Tom. I, I want to say straight up, like it was a great experience. Yes, yeah. But I go to my the waitress. I'm like, I noticed that by the spaghetti, there is two prices. So I'm assuming it's like a half order versus a full order. And I really want this lemon tart. So if I get the large size, am I going to have room for the lemon tart? And she's like, um, well, I'm pretty sure you're going to have no problem. When they bring me the spaghetti out. I thought they had brought me the half order because I was like, this can't possibly be the full order for the price that you have listed it on the menu. <laughs> because that at the old spaghetti factory, I would not be able to walk by the amount of spaghetti that would be inside of my belly. Regardless, it was great. It was amazing. It was a, it was a very good meal. I, but cut like, the, yeah. I cut the first part of my steak and kind of got it all organized. I look up and Kyle's plate is empty and it's been cleared away. And I'm like, what? Did you eat all of that? And he's like, yeah. 
Yeah, I ate that. And then he ate the shit out of the lemon tart afterwards. Anyway, so we're it's we're running a little bit rough today, but I have to say that the worst part of that evening was that I stumble into the Uber, I get back home, and then I decided to eat an entire sleeve of after eight mints and go to bed. And I woke up this morning and was like, oh, I would like to die. So anyway, so we were talking about this episode and three Mm -hmm. martinis in, I get really brave to ask Kyle hard questions. And so my question was, I asked, I have to ask Kyle the question that I think we're maybe all thinking, which is that Kyle dates men and women. So what will Mm -hmm. happen when he gets to that apex? Does it matter if it's a woman? Will he propose? Like, where does the traditional piece come into this? If it's, if he's with a man, like, is he still doing the proposing or does he want to be proposed to? How does that conversation take place? And oh boy, did Kyle ever have an answer for me? There was no debate or discussion or if plan A happens, Kyle's answer was as follows. Mr. Marshall, share it with the group. Well, first of all, I thought this was incompetence. (laughs) My answer is, and I fully understand that I'm going to get canceled after answering this, because it's literally the only like conservative viewpoint I have, and I don't know why. I feel very strongly that it should be the guy who asked the woman to marry him. I don't, I, I'm not like opposed to like propose to me, but I want to be the one who does it. I don't know what that means. I'm controlling, I guess, I guess is what that means. I want to be the person and I'll go so far as I'm so traditional that I that I would go to that person's parents and ask them permission before I popped a question. Ooh, we got we got asked a question about that in a fishbowl. Put a pin in that and we'll come back to it. My perfect proposal has appeared in film. Mm-hmm. Which is what film are we talking about here? We're talking about the film Stepmom with Ed Harris and Susan Sarandon and Julia Roberts. And right in the beginning of the film Obviously, it's called Stepmom. So Julia Roberts, in the role of Ed Harris's girlfriend, they get engaged and their proposal is pitch perfect. And it the reason why I think it's pitch perfect is because it taps into what is the most important part of the entire experience to me, which is not the process of getting down on one knee. It is not the process of presenting a piece of carbon. It is absolutely the proce- the process of what you say in the preamble. It is absolutely in the words. And that shouldn't surprise you because I am a writer. I'm a rhetorician. I Words are my business. And I think at that point, words matter so much. It's like when I go to a wedding and people are like, oh, what's the bride wearing? I'm like, get to the vows. I want to see it. I want to see it performing. <laughs> Boo, get to the vows. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Nobody cares about these five flower girls. They're distracting. They don't have a purpose. They're messy. So I care about the preamble. And in this movie... His preamble is perfect. They're in bed, which is private and just the two of them. And he sits at the edge of the bed and he has her open a ring box. And in the ring box, there is a spool of yarn. And he takes the one end of the string and he ties it around her finger. And then he pulls the yarn as he speaks. And when he lets go, the ring floats from the end of the yarn all the way down the string and onto her finger. The first time I got married... We'd been together since college, and marriage just seemed like the next step. It was just something that happened. But I think for two people to really love each other, to really commit to each other, it has to be... It has to be an act of will, a decision. And I think two people have to live that decision every day 
Even when things are hard and I feel like giving up, you have to hang on to that decision. A choice to to love each other. Even if it's only by thread. I let that thread break once. This time it won't. I don't think it gets better than that. I don't think it gets better than that. If it can't get better than that, then everything by its proxy is worse. So, Kyle, describe to me your nightmare engagement. Well, I don't have anything specific. All I can tell you is what I already mentioned here. I really, really am against public, (laughs) public proposals. Like, my absolute nightmare, honestly, would be being taken to a place I don't want to be, let's say, I don't know, a football game. (laughs) <laughs> and then like on the big screen is like projected wide as someone gets down on their knee and tries to propose to me like that would be the absolute that would be the worst i would want to die right after that happened would you say no well of course not because you're put in this awful situation because if you say no you're gonna get booed by everybody so you have to say yes that's the thing sometimes i wonder if those proposals exist like that because it forces the hand of the person right i can summarize the most nightmare engagement in two words flash mob <laughs> anytime i even see one and i have been present when they have started mm-hmm. i'm just like i gotta get out of here this could be i'm not part of this so this could be directed at me and i have to get out of can here. I, can I i know this is your story but i was invited <laughs> to a friend's christmas party a few years ago at the um the new music center that's here in calgary and I'm sitting there, and it's this really fancy ordeal. Like, it's all catered and everything like that. And there's waiters coming in, like, bringing wine and, like, serving things. And I'm looking around, I'm like, what are those waiters doing over there? Oh, those aren't actually waiters. They're pretending to be waiters. Are they going to... Yep, they're bursting out the song right now. Oh, God. <laughs> it was so me. obvious that they weren't actually waiters. Then, like, oh, I have a jug of water. I'm pouring water. But you're not pouring water. It's like, what, what are you doing? You're carrying around empty jugs of everything. Get out of here with this mess. God, like, <laughs> Who are you fooling? I'm going to have this tomfoolery at this nice evening. I'm dressed up. We took to our favorite sites and looked for some inspiration. Because, you know, love is in the air. So... Let's share with you a little love from around the social space. Well, this is coming from TikTok. This is from the user Melissa, Melissa Matrano, I'm going to say is what her name is. She explains a proposal that happened with her or to her, I suppose. September 2017, we went on a trip to Italy. We had gotten into Rome early in the morning and decided to go for a walk to explore the city. We walked all morning and found a lookout point that looked over the entire city of Rome. Harry asked me to turn around so he could take a photo of me looking out at the view. He told me he had gotten the photo, so I turned around. To my surprise, he was on his knee with the most beautiful ring I had ever seen. He asked me to marry him, and I said, of course. We spent the next two weeks traveling around Italy celebrating our engagement. It was so magical and a trip we will never forget. I'm sure that was a great time in Italy. Uh, that makes me want to vomit. Why? You're crazy. That guy's quite brilliant because, you know, nothing's going to go wrong because she's going to be so impressed. Plus, the the pressure of hanging on to that ring is gone. It's now her problem. Right? Surprise! Do it right <laughs> up front. But why does that make you want to vomit, Kyle? It's not the act by itself. I think that's actually what you point out very smart. Do it at the very beginning. That you're, then you're not, like, Sets filled with anxiety the entire trip that you're there. My issue 
is the filming it for TikTok because those of you who are just listening to the audio don't realize that he was filming this while he was doing the proposal. Oh, yeah. And I am not about that. Yeah, no, I don't. I wouldn't want someone to propose to me while holding a camera to make it social. But if she has a big, mm. huge social presence, which she does, maybe that was kind of her expectation. I mean, to each their own there. But for me, yeah, I hear they you. They did I don't five want takes of every scene of that. Oh, I might have. I might have. Welcome to the new normal. Up next, we have Olive Huffman. All of, yeah, all of underscore Huffman. I love hearing how people got engaged, so I thought I would share my engagement story today. In October of 2019, we went to visit my hometown of Sedona, Arizona for the first time together. He proposed next to Bell Rock at sunset, and it was absolutely gorgeous. He had a photographer there, and we went and took pictures for about 45 minutes. It was so magical to be back in my hometown with him. These turned out to be some of my favorite pictures of us that have ever been taken. The other side of this mountain range was visible from my bedroom window growing up. After that, we got in the car and I thought he was driving us maybe to a fancy dinner, but it turns out he was taking us to a hotel where all four of my sisters were waiting for us. It was magical and perfect. I, I really like that story. It's very sweet. I love the presentation of it. The photos look beautiful. What are the sisters doing at the hotel? I don't get that part. It's like it's it's as back to what I was saying. Like a, a proposal is not valid unless it is shared with everybody. Like I, mm. I, you know what? We're terrible people because I like the idea that it's private, right? And then it's mm-hmm. like it's made more special because it's shared with other people. Like how awkward! Like couples want to do one thing after they get engaged. Well, that's what I mean. Like, did the sisters join in? Like, what what are the sisters doing there? Oh my God, Kyle! It's not that kind of it's not that kind of channel. Not that kind of channel. All right. This next one was submitted, but it was submitted with no audio. So I'm going to walk you through it. I love this one. So this man buys his girlfriend a jacket. And inside the jacket, he puts a heart to be sewn in. And the heart says, I love you. And she wears the jacket for an entire year. And then he takes her back outside after the years passed and it's lightly snowing and he breaks the stitch of the heart, flips it over. And all along the heart said, will you marry me? Talk about the long game. She carried that around for an entire year. I love that story, Kyle. I do always want to know, because this is a great, I love that idea, bringing something that you didn't realize had a different hidden meaning inside of it. Beautiful. I want to know if she had somehow, like, oh, what's this stitch doing here? And like a week after she got the coat, <laughs> it just came walking into the living room. It was like, what is this? Oh, what would no. you have done then? That's not... No the- beautiful TikTok video then. The worry that you have is that they break up. And like five years later, the stitching comes out and she flips it over and she's like, oh, my God. Just stop giving Nicholas Sparks ideas. I broke up with him because he wouldn't commit. Oh, God. Next one that we have here is from a channel called Lad Bible. So take that for what it's worth. This is also one that needs to be a bit described. So, So as a setup, what they were doing, this couple, uh, man and woman, I think they just went to like either a supermarket or some sort of store and each had the list of stuff that they needed to get to describe the other person or uh, things that reminded them of those people. So the, the first one, for instance, is favorite drink. You ready? Yes. Okay. Favorite drink. 
And so he brings out a yes. big bottle of apple yeah. juice. And she throws out three <laughs> bottles of Gatorade of different colors, which may be a bit over, <laughs> overdone. Yeah, she knows them. Yeah, favorite snack. So he brings out, of course, goldfish. Quality snack for her. Good choice from her. And she gets, like, Doritos and a, and a dip, I think, is what the other thing is that she brings out here. Favorite color. Favorite color. And he brings out, I think, a yellow blanket, if I remember correctly Ooh. here. Yeah, and she gives him a blue book. I know a pillowcase, yay. Uh, something that reminds you of them. She gives him some sort of like a Lego thing, and then she gets another like journal thing to write in. Something to do together. She gives him a puzzle, and he gives her a ring. Puts the engagement ring right on top of the puzzle. It's so casual. So casual. That so was. Cash. I thought that was a great setup. Like, it says, like, look at how we know each other. Look at how much, you know, connection we have. Look at how well we can anticipate what our needs is. And then he so casually says something we can do together. She's so proud to snap down that puzzle. And he just puts that ring box right on top, like checkmate. I loved that video. I thought that was really, really grand. This the follow-up question being, so did you not like my puzzle or what? Yeah. what's going on there? Well, I guess we're not doing the puzzle. Okay, this next video um, from at GoPro is one of my absolute favorite. I've I've seen this. Yeah. This GoPro, the company, posted a video of a couple getting engaged and they used a GoPro to do it. So there's the alignment to the brand there. But it is quite, quite outstanding the way it works because... And I won't have Kyle play the video. I'll just explain it to you. So all you see is this man and woman in a cockpit of the plane. And there he's flying and she's with him. And all of a sudden he says, like, honey, something's gone wrong. And she gets really worried. And for anyone that has anything to do with airline or aircraft, you know that in an emergency, what happens is the pilot will say to the co-pilot or the person flying with them, you have to pull out the emergency instructions. The co-pilot reads all of the different things and the pilot will say check. And what I think is truly extraordinary about this is they're flying along and he says, honey, there's something wrong. And he keeps dropping the altitude and she's like, oh my God, oh my God. Like she's totally panicking. And he's screaming. like screaming. Yeah. And she says, just get the, he says, get the, just get the checklist and we'll just go through the checklist. And so he, she gets the checklist and she starts to read it and she says, what what do you think is wrong? And he goes, well, there's something wrong with the ring engage. We need the ring engage protocol. So she flips to that page and just, of course, has, you know, no clue what's going on. And so she starts to read it and it's she, she says, is ring engaged? And he's like, check. Um, is the ring engagement protocol prepared? And he's like, check. And she's thinking, like, I'm trying to save us from dying. Like, she's not getting it at all. And then she says, will the pilot in command love the passenger forever? check that's when she starts to clue in yeah, yeah. and then just to just to keep the just to keep the spirit of it alive he drops the altitude even more so she's still she's figured out what's going on but she's still screaming because this she's like it's still the plane the trauma of the plane and then he says will you marry the pilot in command and she says yes and he pulls out a ring and they get engaged while they're flying this aircraft and of course because it is shot on a gopro not yet a sponsor it, you know you get to see the whole view of what's behind and clearly they're going over this gorgeous mountain range and it looks like sunrise and i just thought what an inventive way uh, albeit trauma inducing 
to to get engaged. I mean, I mean, it must have been terrible because they would get out and you got to hope that her four sisters weren't there because she probably peed her pants. How would you have dealt with this? Because this is still a private thing. It's only them together. But how would you feel like even fake, even if it was faked, your life feeling like it's in danger and then having a proposal added onto that? Well, I mean, anyone who knows me knows I have a real fear of flying. You know what? That's not true. I have a fear of suddenly not flying. That is more accurately the fear that I have. But no, I don't I don't yeah. want to be It's like it's like that uh, it's a comedian who said that it's like I don't have a fear of falling. I have a fear of stopping suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, be be impeccable with your word on that. Yeah, I don't want to be scared. I don't and I get like some people like the interplay of like fear to ecstasy. Like some people like the interplay between those two things. But like I don't want to be in like a like in the barrier reef in a shark cage, like trying to, you know, fend for my life and you know, my boyfriend's in a scuba suit down on one knee. I don't I don't want the fear. I want it to be nice and lax and casual. Look at my example that I used, right? Ed Harris proposing to Julia Roberts. They're just in bed. It's a safe environment. I do really want to be in a familiar environment. That would be perfect for like mm-hmm. I'd want to be somewhere familiar. Like I don't get me wrong, I want something memorable, but I I don't I don't necessarily think I need the trauma associated. Plus, I'm not kidding you. I would pee my pants. I would pee my pants and I, or I would try to, I would have the parachute on and then I'd be like, there's only one parachute. I'm sorry. I'm choosing myself. It would be just bad to bad to bad to bad to bad. What if I hid an engagement ring in that sleeve of after eights though? Wouldn't that be special? (laughs) No, because the way I ravenously went through that sleeve, I'd have broken two teeth. I do. I have seen that. I have been in a restaurant where the ring was in the dessert and she just ate that sucker chokes it yeah chokes yeah just ate no she just swallowed and he's like oh i think you ate the ring it was terrible oh my god and then she's like oh my god i'm gonna be sick i've seen that go wrong i don't think you should put a ring in food i don't want to be judgmental to those of you who have but i don't think you should put a ring in food so grandma how did you get proposed to by grandpa well he uh put a ring inside my food i accidentally ate it and then two days later when i shit it out i put it on my finger and it's been true love ever since. And it's been passed down from generation to generation <laughs> to generation. And now <laughs> you shall consume this and pass it through your body as is tradition in our family. It's, yeah, it's tradition, Billy. Speaking of proposals that did not go according to plan, we had a, there was another this great. friend of the show. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mademoiselle Elise Myers, giving it everything she's got. I would love if she became a guest someday. She oh, would be she- great. But anyways, this is her story. How did my smoke show of a husband ask me to be his wife? That's a great question. I would love to tell you. Prior to me moving to Omaha, me and my husband had been dating seven months long distance. And in that time, we did go ring shopping. So I knew there was a ring. It's not like the movies where someone drops down on one knee and the person getting proposed to is like, I quite literally have never even considered the possibility that you like me. That's that's not how that's not how it works. Now, did I know the time and day that we were getting engaged? Yes. And then I was dead wrong. So I did what any rational person would do. And I had a mental breakdown on the carpeted floor in the home of a person I barely knew. So I gather myself. And then Jonas asked if I want to go watch the sunrise the next morning. So I wake up the next morning super early and I put on the one outfit I have available to me that is not vacuum sealed and packed away in my suitcase because I have not been here long enough to even unpack. And I have already had an emotional breakdown. 
I get a text from Jonas saying, hey, wear something nice. As I am texting back saying, is what I wore yesterday okay? He is texting me, just not what you wore yesterday. <laughs> he hates me. I have no other options. The only other thing I have available to me is the outfit I drove 13 and a half hours in that has not been washed yet, that smells like car. He sends back a million ha-has to try and remedy the situation, shows up with flowers, and we are matching. <laughs> we get in the car, start driving to the sunrise. I'm trying to make casual conversation, and he is laser-focused on trying to get us to this fountain he has never been to in downtown Omaha. I am sitting there thinking, he does not like me. This falls on her forehead. We are racing through downtown Omaha to find this fountain. I'm like, where are we going? He's like, I have no idea. And I was like, why don't we just watch it right here then? He's like, we can't. We have to go to the fountain. And I was like, we absolutely can. I'm watching the sunrise. It's rising. I'm watching it rise. It's beautiful. He's like, no, we have to go to this fountain. So we get to the fountain and it's off. It's oh. off. Sweet Jonas. I feel so bad. So now I am watching the sunrise and it's beautiful. So I am just standing mesmerized, trying to give all the attention to the sunrise that Jonas just worked so hard to find. And he's trying to get my attention by saying, I love you, I love you so much, Elise. And I'm like, I really love this sunrise. You did a great job. Completely ignoring him. He starts getting down on one knee and I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. And that's pretty much how it went. That is how it goes. For so many couples, mm -hmm. there's so much pressure. I remember my girlfriend Megan in college getting engaged and her boyfriend at the time was trying to find this one cliff in San Francisco and couldn't find it and was having like a meltdown about it. And she's like, it's okay. We can just go anywhere. And he's like, no, we have to go to this one. I find that so much of it has to be like this, so much pressure. Oh, yeah. This perfect thing. My friend Stacy has a similar story about when she was proposed to by her husband. She was she was getting increasingly more and more frustrated throughout that day, and then finally at the end, I think because they were with friends and family, he's like, "Let's go for a walk." He's like, I don't want to go for a walk. I was like, "Let's go for a walk." I don't want to go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like very insistent that they go for a walk. She's like, "Fine." Gets her coat on, she's like storms out, and she's like walking. She's like, I don't want to be here. And then that's finally when he pops the question. She like cries. He's like, Oh my god, this is so beautiful and magical. But like, she she even admits like I was the worst. <laughs> I was like the worst person that day. Uh, yeah, I can think of I can think of at least a dozen girlfriends or guy friends where they have a similar story around like this was the chaos that surrounded what was supposed to be this beautiful day. And I think Elise does such a good job as she always does of producing content that just explains how complicated it is. I do want to say just before we go any further that I have officially decided that whenever I refer to you, Kyle, I'm going to refer to you as my smoke show of a podcast partner, Kyle Marshall. <laughs> sure. I'll get a t-shirt made. Obviously, obviously. Let's uh, let's pop over to the fishbowl for a couple minutes um, just to do like a, a roundup because we really had some pretty traditional questions being asked. Uh, the, the lead question from us was, what are the rules of engagement when it comes to engagement? We asked people to ask us their questions. And uh, we got some pretty good ones. I think we can fly through them here. Kyle, in the case of a man and a woman... Oh, Jesus. Here are your keys. Yeah, thank you. Put them over here. In the case of a man and a woman, does it still have to be the man that proposes? Kyle? I mean, okay, the actual answer is no. It doesn't have to be. I'm just saying that in my case, I would, I would want to be the person who does it. 
I don't know why. It's just a thing. It's a hang up I have. I realize it's wrong, but I just think it should be the guy who does it. I I like that by having a conservative view, you're automatically going to be canceled. Not to get political on this podcast, but I like when you're like, I like the way it's always been. You're like, oh, Kyle's intolerant. Honestly, I, I, for me, I want to be proposed to, but I, I've seen it go the other way. And I think, you know, to each their own, each couple's got to find their own rhythm. No rules. Although, I mean, clearly I'm proving a point that it is a bit of an Everest for women because I tried pretty hard there to get you, Kyle, about an hour ago and you weren't having it. So my (laughs) feelings are hurt as I go to question two. Should the ring still be a surprise? Absolutely not. I think this is something that has to be decided upon beforehand. I think you give a loose a loose guide. Yeah, I mean, okay, so let me let me frame that. I mean, I could I could see in a situation. I don't know. I still think that would be weird. the The surprise is, do you want to get engaged, and then you go ring shopping afterwards? Like you don't actually you don't actually bring a ring. Oh, to, you're not going to present the proposal a ring. with, but but I still think that was would be weird. I think this is something that you really need to be talking to your partner about. Who pays now that now that there are no rules? Oh, father of the bride. Hundred percent. No, just, but that's for the wedding. The hook. That's for the wedding. But like on this on this ring business, they say like you should spend two months' salary. I've also heard that which you is should, dumb. I've also heard that you should I'm give so a, mad at that. a carrot for every year you're together before you get engaged. I've heard that too. Uh-huh. That seems to be the new thing. I don't I don't prescribe to those kind of things, but I wanted to ask like, like a bag of carrots. In a, stop it! Like every carrot, like a carrot. Oh, like gold. Is a, I, every, <laughs> like a, a size of a diamond is measured in carrots. Yeah, yeah, one yeah, carrot yeah gotcha. Um, but I, in this day and age, where everybody, where the cost of living's never been higher, where couples are more independent than they ever were before, when we're mm-hmm. servicing more debt than we've ever served, who pays? Who pays? Just before you, we answer that, I'm just going to put this mm-hmm. in a different context. So the psychic said when we went there that I'm headed toward Mm -hmm. some sort of a contract with Jesus. Not Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. Jesus the man I'm going on dates with. True or not, materialized or not, we have a real real problem because I would like a fancy rock. I want a big rock. That's just how I roll. Mm -hmm. But I don't expect Jesus to buy that. I think it's actually disrespectful. I feel it's almost like the cross between a shit test and a quest. Like, in order to open this door, you must present a ring of this carrot. I think it's rude. And I think that in a modern day, I mean, we're like, we're almost 40. Wouldn't it make more sense to say like, you know, for him to say like, okay, I'm thinking about asking you, what would you like? And I'm like, listen, I would like this kind of carrot and this kind of setting, but let's go find a stone together and we'll, we'll split it. Like, I'm the one wearing it. I think since we've grown out of a ring representing property and ownership, and it represents now a mutual love that's only worn by one, why aren't women more of a stakeholder in being the owner of that ring? Like, is that totally archaic? Am I, oh, now I'm going to be canceled by my own people. I like the idea of splitting the cost, but I'm also, this is me being modern man, Kyle. I feel like the idea of it being two months your salary, or I've even heard more than that. I've heard like up to four or five months your salary is stupid. To spend that much money on a piece of jewelry, I just, I'd rather go on a trip or something like that or do something with that person. I'm not opposed to having a physical thing to bind us together and like profess my love. I just have a kind of a big thing against the, the cost of it. I get that, but you're also probably not someone that wants to wear a diamond ring. 
And Correct, it's likely if you if you marry a woman or get engaged to a woman, if it's important to her, it won't matter how many trips you want to take. I think, you know, for for men, and I do think that, and we've heard this before from other guests we've had on the show, is that they have a hard time to empathize because they're going to wear a $200 gold band, right? So they, like, it's mm-hmm. not their aesthetic, it's not their thing. But I do just think for those that do aspire to wear like a pretty little bobble, and for me, it's so, what's the word I'm looking for? It's so um, generational. My grandmother wore a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous ring. I used to admire it all the time. And I used to kind of think like, oh, one day I will wear one. I'm about at the stage now to buy one for myself just to move on from this whole, this, this whole challenge I'm having. But to me, I think now if I'm like, well, I want a pretty rock, I think I have to be prepared to pony up. And I think other women do, too. I think as we are aspiring for this gender equality and equity in, you know, the money that we spend and the value of a dollar and how we bring equality to a, in, in our finances in a relationship, I think dawning is the day of women having to say, I want this $10,000 ring I, and I'm prepared to, to put up half. Like, what do you think? Well, but then the, there's the flip side to that, too. And I know that, again, this gets into the tradition of it all like the man proposing to the woman and gives a ring to her but there is also the band that goes on to the man's finger as well yes and i feel i don't know why he should be left out of this situation here then why is it ten thousand dollars for that one ring and like i don't know i don't even know what the actual price is for the like a simple gold band nowadays it's like, but it's two three hundred dollars and i think that if if a man mm-hmm. like i've seen plenty of men that want to wear a ring with lots of diamonds in it and i think you know if that's your that's your brand that's your brand but we live in a we live in a situation where where women's rings are that much more expensive than men's rings because they have a solitaire diamond on them right and i, and I get that's kind of part of the industry for me the band that i would want to wear on my finger would literally be so i was born in july but that means i have a ruby and i've always liked the looks of ruby so i'd want a ruby inlaid mm-hmm. and then whatever the gemstone of the person i'm marrying right next to it like it's just like the two Aww stones next to each other like that's all i would want yeah so you're like 800 like, bucks you're like eight nine hundred bucks 800 bones but her ring if she, let's say she's like oh mm. i'm also july and i'm a cancer and i want a ruby ring and you're trying to find a ruby solitaire you're you're yeah. you're getting a second job she just wants a ruby like just a giant ruby <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay next question do you still seek permission and in this day and age if so from whom I'm a fucking weirdo. So yes, I would. I would still do it. As I'm, I keep saying and bringing this up, I feel like I'm going to be the person doing the proposing or I want to be the one doing the proposing. The the, the caveat to this though, <laughs> if the parents were to say no, I would probably still do the proposal. <laughs> so I'm only really <laughs> doing it for near. optics. <laughs> it's optics. It's true. You're doing it because it's traditional. Well, I have to tell yeah. you, I can I can talk about this from a lived experience perspective. My ex-husband, his plan was to go to my dad and seek his permission. And it was his blessing. Like, that's what he wanted. That's what he was seeking. And my mother totally hijacked that meeting. She was like, oh, fuck you. If you think you're just going to have a conversation with Jen's dad, I'm Jen's mother. I raised mm-hmm. her also. So here we go. Here's the State of the Union. For anyone who knows me or has been following this podcast can probably guess that I'm very close to my dad and therefore his opinion means a great deal to me. But when it comes to pragmatism and partnership, my mom is like, I'm going to have people's backs, right? She had a lot to say about who Mm -hmm. my brother married. And there was no doubt that she was going to have some thoughts around who I was going to end up with. Uh, My ex-husband goes to meet with my father. I, of course, I'm not there. So I hear about this. I I hear about it from both sides later. My dad is like, I have two questions. Question number one. Do you like her? And John is like, yeah, I like, I love her. I love her. Obviously, I love her. And he's like, yeah, that's not what mm-hmm. I'm asking you. 
I don't doubt that you love her. You're here. You're committed. You guys have been together for four years. My question is, do you like her? Do you like her? Because long after love fades, do you like the company of Jennifer? Do you like to be around her? Do you like the way she thinks and talks and behaves and operates in her life? Do you like the goals that she has for herself? Do you like the way she conducts herself? Do you like who she is as a person? Do you like her? And John responded with, well, I love her. And he's like, that's not the question. The question is, do you like her? Aside from love, do you like her? And he's like, well, I more than like her. I love her. And I was like, I think my dad was like, what? One down? And then the next question was, if Jennifer got a big job in Fort McMurray, let's say as the head of communications for a major oil and gas firm, and it was a huge opportunity for her to sit at the top of her game in a tough industry, what would you do? And, you know, my, my parents raised a daughter that is driven and passionate about her work with intentionality. That is how I am defined even to this day as I crest into 40. So to ask the question, if she got a chance to really push herself and find a challenge and meet it with joy, what, what are you going to do? And he said, well, I don't think she would take a job in Fort McMurray. And he said, that's not my question. My question was, if she got this huge, big job in a, in a tough industry and an opportunity to shine and be at the top of her game, but it was in another city, what would you do? Really propositioning him to say, I would put Jennifer's dreams in front of my own. Like that's really mm-hmm. was the question. And he didn't say that. He said, I don't think Jennifer would take the job. I think we would talk about it, but I think Calgary's our home. And I think the idea of making me location bound was quite panicking. Um, I mean, Kyle knows this. I have I have birds on my back from, and it's emblematic of Forrest Gump when Jenny says, dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away from here. I've always known about myself that I am someone who takes flight. I don't build a nest. I just don't do that naturally. I'm always like over the next hill. It's just the restlessness that's that's in me that I can't quell. And I think my father knew at that time, I mean, it would have been 23 years old. He knew that I was like, a I was a bird and John was a nest. And I think he was trying to get it. And what's incredibly interesting is that ultimately that's what spelled the end for us is that I couldn't settle. Mm-hmm. I couldn't settle. I remember we lived in this gorgeous home. It was perfectly designed and, and, and it was just perfect. It was just this perfect little house. And I was this imperfect person in it and I couldn't stand it. I remember thinking, I'm going to burn this place down with me in it. I remember just feeling like, why can't I (laughs) settle into this? Anyway, so my dad is like, listen, that was not the best, but I trust my daughter and ultimately it's her choice. And thank you for coming here. I think that says a lot about the character of you as a man. And it's, we've gotten to know you for four years and whatever Jennifer decides to do, we will support whatever you want to do. My mother was like, hell no. She was not I'm a firm no. She on was this like, one. I'm a no. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go ahead and be a I, no. I flash back to when I still watched uh, American Idol. <laughs> and it's like right to Randy is like, that's a no from me, dog. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I yeah, you could easily think that it's like Randy from American Idol, or you could think of it as one of the sharks in Shark Tank. Like, I don't think there's a deal here. I'm mm. out. Whatever. John proposes and we get married and i i, I like years. those those questions that your dad asked though i really feel that those are such mm-hmm. great integral questions to understand a person's character and motivations and if i'm ever asked them now i feel like i've cheated or done some study prep so i'll know <laughs> what the proper answers are that's right that's right that's right next question is do you still get down on one knee well, it's getting harder and harder for me to get down on one knee and then get back up again. <laughs> you think so? I mean, again, unless I'm pretending to crash a plane or I've come with concocted some cockamamie thing to do. Person, but yeah, I, I would get down on one knee to propose. Why do we get down on one knee? What's the history of that? 
I don't know. I have no idea. No, I think it has to do with medieval times. Because I think knights used to get down on one knee to show chivalry to royalty. I think now in this day and age, it's about perspective. I think a man getting down low and looking up toward a woman or a man looking up at a man or a woman looking up at a woman. I think ultimately the person asking, looking, looking forward and looking upward to their future. I think that's really become the new emblem. But I think that I think the history of it is quite medieval. Like, I don't know if I'll ever get engaged again, Kyle. I don't know what's held for me. Yeah, but I, I don't think I've asked you this question. I'm assuming that you also agree that the man should propose to you. But would you ever, in any situation that you can think of, be like, you're taking too long. I'm going to propose to you. No, never. It's the same reason I've never masturbated. It's because that's a man's job. <laughs> I think Kyle and just that's did why a... I always masturbate. So. <laughs> I think Kyle just did a spit take there. I did. No, I just, I, yeah, no, I'm too traditional for that. I like the difference between Kyle. Kyle's traditional and thinks he's going to get canceled. I'm traditional and quite proud of it because it's really emblematic of how I was raised. No judgment on anybody else wanting to do it any other way. But I know for me, you know, I want to, I want a man to get married and waiting too long is a relative term. I just came out of an eight year relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, Speaking of waiting, my next question is how Mm. soon is too soon to get engaged? I always think this is so relative too. like, I mean, like, I guess a day would be too soon in most cases, but I actually, I know of people who dated for maybe six months before they got engaged and they're still going strong 15 years later. And then there's other people like my good friend, Jamie, who dated for seven years before he popped the question. Yeah. I have to say that, um, when I was in a long-term relationship, we had a mutual friends that met and got engaged right away and then got married right away. It was like, bang, bang, bang. Mm -hmm. I think we were at a party with them where they met in the spring and in the summer we were at their engagement party. And I think before Labor Day, we were at their wedding. I th- it was so fast. <laughs> and I remember saying to my partner at the time, like, what do you think of this? And I remember he just looked me right in the face and was like, well, you know, when you know, you know. And I'm like, we've been together seven years. Yep. And he kept on driving. <laughs> Get my own way home. That's right. Like you, Kyle, I know lots of people that were like, we've been together for 50 years and we met on a Tuesday and we're married on a Sunday. Like when you know, you know, right? Like my grandparents were like that. I will also say too, like this, the, I guess I don't know this, the weirdness of marriage in itself. There were friends of my parents who were not married, but had lived together for 30 years. Okay. Right. They essentially were married, except there was no certificate that said that they were married. They raised kids. I don't know. I don't know their internal their lives, but they together, seemed happy. Yeah. They, like, they, they loved each other. There was that commitment to each other. They're like the Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell <laughs> yeah. of regular people, right? Like they're no marriage or just there together with each other. On this 30th anniversary of them being together, they decide, well, do you want to actually get married? They were divorced in six months. <gasps> Not talking to each other. Oh, And I no. find that ridiculous. I'm like, what was it about this marriage thing that just changes you all of a sudden to be like, no, I can't stand this person. No, I think sometimes, I think sometimes it can be the rescue that you think it is, right? And we've seen this before. People who are like, yeah. this relationship is fucked. We should have a baby. Or let's buy a puppy. Right. Like that, that'll fix everything. Yes. <laughs> you know who I always think of when I hear stories like that? I always think of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie together for mm. so long. And then they finally get married and then they're done right after. I think sometimes a a marriage can be like a Hail Mary pass. Like if we commit to one another in a formal setting, maybe it will make all the difference. 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's probably what happened there. That that is wild though, right? Because then you file for divorce, and mm-hmm. it was like, how long were you married? Oh, you were married less than a year, and you're like. I have a pension with this person. Okay, next question. Can a relationship survive and engagement fail? And what I mean by engagement fail is when you get a proposal that you don't like. So Kyle, you're at a you're at a football game which you know nothing about and it's like Kyle Marshall, will you marry me? I think you could survive that. I I do. I think you could survive that. It's like you need to do this again. <laughs> I'm ready to do it, but you need to. Would do you it. make them do it again? Oh yeah. I would be sad, but I don't wouldn't make them do it again. But I think if someone does make you do it again because it wasn't good enough, and you really thought that that was your best, then that's that's a red flag, guys. That's a red flag, and that's a nice early red flag. You can get out. It's clean. Get out of there. I'm giving you free advice, everyone. Do not propose <laughs> to me at any type of sporting event. I will hate it. And do not propose to me in a costume or dancing around or with my or with all my friends present. Do not reenact love actually because do I will not. actually leave you. <laughs> Can a relationship survive a straight out rejection of a proposal like a no? Oh, but I don't think so. I, I mean, I guess so. there's a, 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 a some alternate history, but I mean, no. If you got told no to your face... There's, I just I do not see a, a, a future for that. When you think about in the future, because we have to think about it mm-hmm. from two different perspectives, Kyle, because you will be the ask-er and I will be the asked. Supposedly. In theory. Yeah. Well, that's what we're aiming for. That's the nexus of this podcast. If we wind up at the end of this as certified accountants, we clearly didn't set a good goal for ourselves. But as someone who's going to ask, and I know you're a, like you're, the, I was going to say closeted, but you're not in the closet at all. You're an out and proud romantic, right? You've got a legions of films behind you and theater and television to guide, you know, these romantic moments. I myself have the same. Is there anything when you think about asking that person, which is not yet manifested in your life, is there anything that you think that you know you will say? Mm-hmm. Probably have some sort of script written in my head. I might even go so far as to actually have it on a note card so I don't forget something. <laughs> I, w- I would pull a homer. All I can say is this. There is probably, just based on my own history, there's at some point in my speech and my lead up where I'll have to be saying, like, I know that you know it takes a lot for me to show my feelings out loud. But you make me want to try more or something like that. Oh, that's so sweet. There's nothing better than a than a man with a great statement. Um, and I'm serious mm-hmm. about that because I have to tell you, I was on the weekend, I was folding laundry with with Jesus. How many togas does he have? <laughs> 80. And I have to tell you, I had my hair in a ponytail. Like I've worked really hard to like look my best self. I had my hair in a ponytail. I hadn't showered. I had glasses on. I think I was wearing my dirtiest Hopkins sweater i had i think his socks like i was not my best but we were folding laundry and he just looked up at me and he just said you know when i struggle to look into my future the one thing i know for sure is that you're in it with me Mm. and i was like uh swoon like i think my heart grew two sizes i was like where did that come from and he's like now you have a regular sized heart and now for you that's great for you. We're so happy for you. I think the perfect thing that a man could say to me would be the Maya Angelou saying that I think about all the time, which I think is so romantic. She said, in all the world, there is no heart for me like yours. And in all the world, there is no love for you like mine. Mm. And I think that that has such reciprocity. Like it just says like we're stronger together. 
I love that. I just love that. That's the fishbowl this week, Kyle. What do you have for some unqualified advice? So unqualified advice this week. This is when we go somewhere on the internet to find someone who is giving even more unqualified advice than your two hosts here. Jen went above and beyond because she had the audacity. (laughs) She had the boldness to send me a link to a website that is, I quote, swankybadger.com. I was in that part of the internet again. Uh Uh-huh. I think I can tell you what my thoughts are going to be on this article. (laughs) So they had this rundown of like the 15 simple signs you know it's time to propose to your significant other. Yes. In particular, number six says, sharing space and dealing with the realities of everyday life is a non-negotiable prerequisite to marriage. Seriously, if you're thinking of marrying someone you haven't lived with, consider this a warning that that's a bad idea. Don't do it. So do you think this is a trap, Jen? Do you think you absolutely need to live with someone before you say yes? I think it's a trap. I think it's a trap. Seriously, write in. I want to know your rebuttals, people. I was raised with values, specific values relating to how you operate with your own sort of sense of dignity and respect. I don't want to shack up with a man. If a man wants to live with me and build a life with me, you have to make a commitment to me. And that commitment has to be to marry me. Sorry. And I say this after two long-term failed relationships. So you know, there's clearly something wrong with me. But for me, I think that you can say in theory, like, no, you absolutely have to live with someone because you have to know if you can live with them or whatever. Or there's the other path, which I think doesn't get enough dignity, which is to say, if it's your value system that you're going to live with someone and be committed to them and, and be in a relationship with them, then you accept the tribulations that are going to come with adjusting to that living with someone. I have lived with men. It is not easy to live with men. It never will be easy to live with men. And the only saving grace to that is that it isn't fucking easy to live with me either. It's a mutual form of small, burning broiling misery, honestly, living with another person. And the older you get, the harder it becomes. And Kyle, one day when you dump a man or a woman or both into your home, you will be like, how do I get this person out, but also be here? It's a it's a weird combination of affection and Stockholm syndrome. And we all have to deal with it. And the older we get, the harder it is. But my values is that if you want to live in a home with me, you have to make a commitment. And I do feel that for some people, when it's really important, it is a trap. They move in with a shared understanding that then you will move to the next step. And when that next step doesn't materialize, you've made it very difficult for that person to leave, especially if you decide to invest in a mortgage together that neither one of you can afford alone, or when you choose to acquire property together, that then it becomes a poor investment to divest yourself of it. I think the pragmatic piece is that if you are with someone, and I am this person, and you're saying, I want to be with you, but I want a commitment first, that's okay. And that allegiance of people, us people that believe that, we're getting relegated to the fringe pretty quick. There's a lot of contempt and a lot of judgment to, to hold this viewpoint that I hold, but I can't, I'm not letting go of it because it's just in line with my values. I accept the consequence of having this value, which is then I'm going to live with someone and it may be very taxing and trying, but at the end of the day, I'm more committed to the relationship than I am to the to the requirement to know that I can make it work with that person. I'll mitigate. If you're dirty, we'll figure it out. I, I want to be clear with my point of view here is that I also don't think you actually have to move in with each other 
for an extended period of time before you get engaged. I will say doing the like, let's spend a weekend together. Let's spend time with each other at each other's places and understand like your environment, what makes you tick, that sort of thing. I'm totally cool with that. But this whole idea that I always see kind of parroted around where it's like, you have to move in for like a year or two and then you're going to get engaged. I'm like, nah. I I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. No, ma'am. And frankly, if you're in a committed relationship, you're spending a lot of time together. I'm also of the purview, which we're going to unpack next week, that you can be even more unorthodox than that. You can't. I think you can have a long-term relationship and never live together. I think that that's going to be the new normal. But more to Mm. come on that next week. Kyle, how will you be spending Valentine's Day? Well, you told me beforehand I can't be a downer. So I... I did say that. ...have now made the decision... Jen, wait, 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 no, no, I'm not going to answer this first. Jen, what are you doing on Valentine's Day? I have another sleeve of those after eight minutes to get through. Because if you don't have anything planned, we should go to Major Tom again. Because <laughs> I want to drink nothing but those Saskatoon drinks. There's no way we're going to get in on Valentine's Day. There's no way. I will bet you 50 bucks right now that you cannot get a reservation on Major at Major Tom's on Valentine's Day. Go ahead. Yeah, Go. Okay. I'll wrap this episode while you prove my point to me. You can connect with us on social media and we want you to connect with us on social media. You can reach us on Twitter, on TikTok, and on Instagram at somebody date. That's at somebody date. And you'll find our beautiful faces there and our carefully curated content just for you. Send us a note through our website. Somebody date Jen and Kyle. That's Jen double N. Uh, somebody date Jen and Kyle.com. You'll see our fishbowl. Submit a question to the fishbowl. We don't give a shit for what. Just ask the question. We might even curate a whole episode around it. And if that's not your jam, we're going to have a question of the week every week. Please feel free to tell us what you think. Tell us what's on your mind and tell us what you want us to talk about. After all, this podcast is for you. We're here for you. Jen, um, are you uh, are you allergic to anything at all? Like, do you have any allergies? No. Okay. So you could eat crow if you needed to? No! I can get us a table for 9.30. Well, happy Valentine's Day. We'll be at Major Tom's at 9.30 drinking very, very pink fruity drinks and wishing you a very happy Valentine's Day. Have a great Friday evening. Please enjoy this romantic holiday and we'll see you next Friday to hear all about it. Take good care out there and be safe. Good night, you guys. Bye. Bye.